Hey, welcome into TCAM Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Tracewell. This podcast, we talk about sports events, topics, and players. Come follow our Facebook and Instagram page. Facebook is TCAM's Sports Podcast, and the Instagram page is TCAM underscore sports underscore podcast. Shows will be posted when they go live, and even some bonus episodes will be posted during the week. Normal episodes are posted Fridays at 5. Comment your thoughts on the shows. Leave some topics you would like for me to discuss on the show. Thank you for tuning in. Now on to the episode. Hey, welcome into TCAM Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Traceball. This is a different type of show. On this show, we are going to now start doing a Sports Talk Saturday with me and Matt DeLong. basis of this show is going to be just talking about general topics that are going on through multiple sports or even talking about different sports that are going to be rising very, very soon. We were just discussing, Matt, a little bit about the XFL and the USFL. It's going to be, I guess, very interesting since what, it's both 10... It's a 10-week season for both teams. Yeah, both teams have a 10-week season. For anybody that doesn't know, it's eight teams per league. And so for the XFL, the XFL is owned by Dwayne Johnson. The XFL is divided into eight teams who play. Well, eight teams are divided into two divisions, so that's four on four pretty much for 10 weeks. And then the top two teams from each division will play a round in the semifinal playoff game April 29th and 30th before a championship game is played in May 13th. Yeah, I was looking at the rosters of these. I don't know anybody. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the USFL. I have no clue who any of these people are. Like, there's a lot of these people who are, they played in the NFL, but, I mean, they, they're not very good. I mean, I don't know exactly what to think of it. It's just a side. I guess it's another way for people to watch football since football is gone until – September again. I mean, I love an extra 20 weeks of football. I do, but. I mean, you don't, but we don't really know anything about these teams. I mean. You have the Pittsburgh Maulers, and they don't even play in Pittsburgh. They play at the Hall of Fame Stadium as their home team, or as their home uh, field. Like, this makes no sense. So, there's 43 games in the XFL season, and it begins, or begins today. No, I just, I'm not. I'm not too sure what to think of it because the last time I really saw the XFL was in 2020. And that's when they kicked off. Other than that, I haven't seen much about either or I really never watched either one. I guess because there's hype around it in the beginning and then you don't hear about it anymore for a while. Well, I mean, you know the XFL is going to have some kind of theatrics with it. I mean, you got Dwayne The Rock Johnson that owns it. It's going to be wild no matter what. So if you want to watch your first XFL game is today – at 3 p.m. on ABC, it is the Vipers versus the Renegades. And then the night game tonight is the Guardians versus the Roughnecks. Tomorrow at, at 3 p.m. will be the Battlehawks and the Brahmas. And the Sea Dragons versus the Defenders at 8 o'clock. So they're, both games will be, be at 3 and 8. And that pretty much goes on. There are Thursday night games. Listen, Washington, D.C. needs to figure out some new football names. they got the Commanders and the Defenders. 
<laughs> Dude, you think it's think, hard to think, find something a little bit more original? You know what I mean? Think about how ironic that is. Really, I mean that's that is super. That's crazy. Like, okay, we're going to be the commanders in the NFL, and then our soft league, the league that really nobody understands or knows about yet, which I assume probably has the exact same rules as the NFL, is going to be the defenders. So yeah. you, uh, we're going to either. In one league, we're supposed to be dominant. In the other league, we're just you know defending our turf. Yeah. Like like who who is coming up with these names? I don't know. For that's, them, that, that's all. So would you say the in the USFL it's the Pittsburgh Maulers? Who's coming up with that name? I, like like oh my lord, man! I uh, mean, at least it kind of looks like a steel worker. I mean, their logo is got a guy in a hard hat swinging a hammer. I mean, it's the only thing going for Pittsburgh. I really even see besides. Pittsburgh part of their name. Yeah, it just... Oh, man. Well, I don't know anybody on their rosters. So, if you guys want to tune in to the XFL, it will be today and tomorrow. For the USFL, I don't think that starts until April. Sometime in April. We will update you more on that when that comes around. Man, there was some crazy news this past week. Derek Carr got released from the Raiders. Now he's a free agent. They released him right before his guarantee of forty million dollars. Where do you think he's going to end up, Matt? I mean, there's there's some teams that definitely could pick him up. I'm looking. I've been looking around, and I've been hearing about the Panthers, the Jets. Uh, it's either me and Carolina or the Jets. I think that's where he's ended up going to. You heard why they got uh, why he became a free agent, didn't you? Not just because of the money guarantee. They tried to trade him to the Saints, and he told them no. Yeah, I know he's going to visit. I heard it yesterday. He's going to visit the Jets. Well, for me, if if you're going to make a decision for Derek Carr, I would highly suggest that Derek Carr waits a little bit because I want to see what Lamar Jackson decides to do. That's the big question. Where's Lamar going to go to? Where's he going to end up at? Well, if Lamar ends up in New York, which I could see the Jets, well, I've heard different different teams for the Jets. It's either uh, – the Jets want Aaron Rodgers because they hired Nathaniel Hackett, and they've been talking about making trades for him, or they'll get Lamar Jackson. Obviously, we know that they're going to pick up somebody this offseason. We just don't know who yet. Carolina could be a good choice, but Sam Darnold might work out there. I don't know. But for Derek Carr, there could be there definitely are there definitely are some teams that will be looking for a quarterback. I mean. I hate to I hate to do this. I know Gina Smith played really well in Seattle, but Derek Carr could probably play really well there too. I agree. So, who only time will tell on that story? I mean, I'm a Gina fan. I love Gina Smith. I loved how he played in the Air Raid here at WVU, but this year he looked amazing with the Seahawks. He really did. He definitely was. He definitely was impressive. He had. He was the most improved player of the year, I think. Yeah, he, he, he Gino had a really he took his team to the playoffs. I mean, nothing to complain about there, man. Gino Smith, they'll probably give him a con- I think they're gonna give him a contract this year. I, I think, think they will. They should. So for Gino Smith's year, he was number eight in the country, passing for forty two hundred yards. He had thirty touchdowns, eleven interceptions, and a sixty point eight QBR, which is seventh in the NFL, that is actually really good. That is really impressive because for his career, 
he only has completed 11,000 yards. That's I, I think that's combining this year alone. So that that was that was impressive. That's a quarter, almost a quarter of his entire yards for one season. That that and he's been in the league for a long time, long time now, probably a decade. So yeah, that's that's definitely impressive for him. Um, we're only gonna see if. The Seahawks will keep him. Now, I don't think the Seahawks will keep him for like a long time. I think they'll extend his contract, give him some money, probably twenty million a year for about two years. Yeah, because Gino is an age; he's up there a little bit. So they're going to be looking to move on to another quarterback. But for right now, the best choices for them are to build their roster. They need to build off their roster, just like the Lions are. But hey, Jared Goff. Is still young, so he could definitely stay around. Yeah, but yeah, they'll build their roster around Geno, and then they'll find somebody after that. Pete Carroll's a Pete Carroll's a wizard. Anything you, any stories you interested in? Dude, Aaron Rodgers, he just dude. He said, dude, I'll be honest, with you, he's like a diva. The guy is a real, he's a real drama king. Like my entire problem with Aaron Rodgers is. So for two years, he goes on that, like, hiatus, right, where he's like, this is the last dance, this and that. You know, we're having problems with the organization. The organization doesn't understand me. They don't give me any say, this and that. So what do the Green Bay Packers do? They give him all this type, all this say, and then he just – He doesn't even he come back next year. No, so then, so then Devont, well, Devontae leaves, right? He takes a bag. Of course, the Packers did offer him that money, but because Aaron Rodgers can't make up his mind about what he's going to do, Devontae's like, "I'm not, I'm not dealing with this." But before I before I continue on, I like to tell you, I think that um, I think this was a little bit planned. You see how Devontae's begging him to come to the, the Raiders now. So what was the maybe the plan was that Devontae leaves, Aaron Rodgers goes on with his because he had to play because he got a new contract. Yeah, and then he thought, well, they're probably the Packers are going to drop me and move to Jordan Love because it's the same thing they did with Brett Favre. So there's another diva right there. So then, I mean, that could be like a conspiracy. Do I think it might have happened? I don't. I don't know. Maybe Devontae really wanted to play with Derek Carr. Maybe he thought that was going to be the plan with Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs and all them. So continue. So continuing on, what I was saying is Aaron Rodgers throws a hiatus, this and that, and then. They lose Devontae. They go into this year. He's got Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, who are both just got picked out of the draft. And I, I really don't know exactly what he expected. It's like he expected them to play like Devontae from day one. Like he expected them to do all this crazy stuff and be these elite receivers, do their rookies, and they, you're expecting them the first game just to be able to do it, be able to catch the ball perfectly and this and that. Telling them you're not going to play on my football team and like just puffing your chest, bro. Like relax. You're not even, you, you didn't throw a game last year over 300 yards. I, I don't want to hear it. Like you're, you've been the last MVP for the last, what, two years and you can't even throw over 300 yards in one game this year. You look like a shell of yourself. You couldn't beat the Lions at all this year. The Lions stomped you in their home. They had three picks on you. And then, managed to kick you out of the playoffs in Lambeau while the whole time in Lambeau you're worried about 
oh, this is, this, this is, I'm going to miss playing in Lambo. Like, this is before the game ever got started. Like, yeah. like, we're supposed to win this game and worry about that later, but he's got his priorities all mixed up, in my own opinion. Who knows, man? I don't know where he's going to end up. It just, the stuff he says, and it, what, what do you call it, is uh, his darkness retreat. <laughs> like, coming off of it, and the stuff he said was just wild. Like, absolutely wild. He's going off about Epstein's list and stuff. I mean, I, maybe it's time, it's been 18 years, and he's been at the Packers for 18 years. Maybe it's time to hang it up. I don't, I don't disagree with that, but I don't know. I don't think it's that time just yet. I think he'll play still. I do. I don't think it's going to be. I don't think he'll be back in Lambeau next year. I think he's going to. No. They're not having him back. I mean, think about this. If you're the Packers owner, right, are you yeah. going to keep putting up with this crap? I mean, like you got Jordan Love who, when Jordan Love started this year, played really efficiently. Yeah, he played great. So are you really going to keep putting up with, Aaron Rodgers? No, I wouldn't. You know the worst part is? If Josh McDaniels gets Aaron Rodgers, right, and they don't win, Josh McDaniels will lose his job. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, like, I don't see the win-win for either one of them. And he's not winning that division. The Broncos just got Sean Payton. They have Russell Wilson, who could probably resurrect his career, let alone you have Cortland Sutton and that, you have Cortland Sutton, Jerry Sean Judy. Sean Payton is going to He's going to resurrect the career. And then think about this also. Not only the Raiders are – wait, I just now mentioned, what, the third team? No, they're going to be the fourth team. you got Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen. you got uh, Austin Eckler. They made the playoffs this year. Yeah. You don't think they're not going to be back? Like, the Raiders, even with Aaron Rodgers, in my own opinion, are the fourth best team. I know people are going to say it's crazy, but Justin Herbert – is better than Aaron Rodgers right now. Hands down. Patrick Mahomes is on another level. He's already he's already done past Aaron Rodgers in Hall of Fame as of right now. I know people would say, well, that's ridiculous because of the longevity, but as titles say it, he's already there. He's, he's already he's already made it. Yeah, he's already yeah. Russell Wilson might be another dis, like another conversation, but at the same time, are we going to dismiss Sean Payton? Are we going to dismiss a great Super Bowl defense? I mean, it could have been Nathaniel Hackett who just didn't work out in Denver. Yeah. Russ could resurrect his career. And it's, what reports are saying is Russ is ready to resurrect that career. I mean, he's ready to you know, get back at it. And I think Sean Payton will turn that program around. I really do. So I see you, you sent me this 2023 NFL record prediction. <laughs> yeah, do you see that? Oh, man. Uh, so, for the AFC North, this is a prediction. Somebody made this prediction for next year. I will read off the divisions. We will talk about the, each division, like every one I read. So, for the first division would be the Cincinnati. Uh, the AFC North is Cincinnati Bengals at 13-4. and four, The Pittsburgh Steelers at 9-8. and eight, The Ravens at 7-10. and 10, And the Browns at 6-11. What is your... Entire thoughts on that first, just about the AFC North. Is that a seven and ten Ravens team? That's a seven and ten with Lamar Jackson or without Lamar. That's a better question. And here's the thing: I don't think I don't even think the Ravens win seven games with Tyler Huntley as the quarterback. That's it. Listen, I know this is insane to say, and I know there's a lot of people that don't have faith in him. There is no way 
and a, under a full season that Tyler Huntley will have more wins than Deshaun Watson. It's not happening. No, I don't. I don't not. care. Deshaun started in week twelve. I know people don't like him and stuff, but the guy's still more talented. I would take Deshaun Watson on one leg over Tyler Huntley any day of the week. I mean, that's oh, that's, terrib- that's terrible to say, but he's he's a little bit more gifted, and I think the Browns are a more gifted program. Do you think the Steelers are going to go nine and eight? I mean, I know you're a Steelers fan. <sighs> well, thinking about it, I I don't know. Um, I hope not. I hope Kenny improves, but I mean that's that's the biggest factor. Is Kenny going to improve? Because we know what George Pickens can do. We know what, we know Najee and Deontay and Fryermuth are going to show up, and the defense will be there. Now we're going to lose Devin Bush, I'd say, but Devin Bush hadn't been good in three years, so yeah, you're right. Are you really losing something there? <laughs> we still have Minka and TJ and Cam Hayward and Alex Highsmith, so I don't think the Steelers would go nine and eight, but the Steelers are never a team that blows anybody out. It's always a stressful football game through the thick and thin, and I hate it, to be honest. Dude, I hate watching Steelers games. As you look it. through this prediction, there's some wild calls in it. So we just talked about the AFC West with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. They're predicting without – I'm assuming this is without Aaron Rodgers because this is just disrespectful in my own opinion if it was with Aaron Rodgers. But the AFC West, the Broncos will finish 12-5. and five, The Kansas City Chiefs will finish 11-6. and six, The Chargers will finish 9-8. and eight, And the Raiders will be 4-13. and 13. Let me tell you something. Aaron Rodgers ain't only winning four games. I don't care. He's not just winning four. That's just disrespectful. If it is with Aaron Rodgers, but I'm going to assume it's without Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, I can see the Chiefs definitely maybe taking a step back. And maybe the Broncos taking a step forward like that. Or how about the AFC East? They've got the Jets over the Bills. See, I, I agree. I do too. Because think about it. If, you, if the Jets sign a quarterback like Lamar or get somebody like Aaron Rodgers, for example, I know I just said that Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be able to win the West. But if you add him in the East. He'd win AFC East. And think about that defense. That defense on the Jets a lot better than the Bills. I mean, hands down, those guys are younger, but they played a lot better. And they they were the only team I ever seen the Bills actually have fits with. But they had a hard time playing them. Now, the Dolphins finished 7-10. and 10. That'd be surprised. That you know, Tua might get hurt. Like, for, for Tua, that that's hard to talk about there. Yeah. Because Tua is so talented. The problem is with Tua is... He's injury prone, and it's it's causing problems for his career. I wouldn't call it injury prone. I'd call it concussion prone. More, yeah. He's already had. So for the Dolphins, think about this. You know, you go into the draft, right? You get a quarterback. I mean, you have this talented guy in Tua, but you don't know if he's going to be okay. I mean, what what do you do about that? I mean, yeah, I mean, he can get one bad sack, and it could be the end end of him the whole season. They're in a uh, a hard and a rock. What is it? In a rock and a hard place. There you go. Yeah, oh, they definitely are screwed up. So another one is you see the Panth- They predicted the Panthers thirteen and four. Yeah. So are we are we like adding Derek Carr or some superstar quarterback talent because Sam Darnold's not winning thirteen games? No, definitely not. I mean, they got a young team, a young defense, and they'll sign Foreman back, and they'll they'll definitely have. It. They have the offense, they have the defense, but they don't have a quarterback. And I don't see Sam Donald winning 13 games. So, unless they're talking about Derek Carr or they're talking about Lamar Jackson, I'm not too sure what the prediction is there. The craziest prediction 
and I know it's a little bit out there, but uh, outside of that one, is the 49ers being 10-7? and 7? Really? After the way they played this year, we're going to say they're going to be 10-7? and 7? Dude, I don't know about that. I don't either. I don't. They're not, lo- they're not losing Kittle. They're not losing Ayuk. They're not losing McCaffrey. They're not losing Debo. So, exactly on the offensive side of the ball, who are they losing? And they're not going to lose Hufunga. And they just signed Brock Purdy again for next season, didn't they? Yeah, and they're going to have – well, they still have a chance to keep Trey Lance. I know people want Brock Purdy to start, but Trey Lance is definitely, definitely a talent we still need to see. Yeah. I mean, they obviously traded up for him for a reason. There's got to be some kind of talent level they see with Trey Lance that works. And Trey Lance got hurt early. Not that he played great early, no. But he just started, so I didn't really expect him to go crazy. I mean, what I think is crazy is they've got the Lions going 10-7. and seven. See, I think the Lions will win 11 games next year. I think the Lions will go 11-6. I think they'll be better than the Vikings next year. I think the Lions will rule the NFC. If Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay... Jordan Love, 9-8. and eight. I definitely could see it. They'll still have a team. They just got Aaron Jones back. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs will be there. Still have a pretty decent defense. So they'll be able to hold up. 9-8. and eight. Chicago, uh, we're not even going to talk about it. The Minnesota Vikings, people will say Kirk Cousins is cursed. People say Kirk Cousins is unlucky. Kirk Cousins, when it matters the most, is awful. He chokes. He's a stat getter. Same as Dak Prescott. They are stat getters. They are people... That will get you good stats, but never win. When the biggest when the biggest moment shines, they're running away from it. They're running out the other way. Hey, you can say what you want about Dak Prescott, all right? But he's the only person who went in the Glendale for Super Bowl in the NFC and got a trophy. Jalen Hurts went to Glenville Stadium and had an NFC championship he trophy. Got he got robbed. Yeah, but he had so I guess we can talk about that now. I guess we'll Get into a little bit about that. Give go ahead and give your Super Bowl opinion. I mean, what did you what do you feel that happened in that game? Like what was your overall reaction, I guess, to the call? I mean, do is the call is the call that bad? Not really. Is the timing of the call in the moment it was in? Yeah. Horrible. I said this on the countdown the other day and I didn't know if I was right when I said it. For them to make that call in that time. I thought it was a little bit of a gift because they didn't call the exact same hole, not the exact same hole, but a holding call from James Bradbury on a Juju Smith-Schuster earlier in the game in second quarter. Yeah. That was a clear hold, and they didn't call it. There was a lot of factors that went into that game, and it was, you know, Jalen Hurts fumbling the football, and I know a lot of people say that wasn't a big deal because Jalen Hurts plays butt off, but if Jalen Hurts doesn't fumble, the Eagles, the Eagles at halftime – I believe are up twenty eight to seven. I mean, realistically, I think that's going to happen. Yeah, there's a double de- double digit lead at halftime. Like, well, they yeah they had the double di- they already had a double digit lead, but it would have been twenty eight to seven, and it had been something that the Chiefs couldn't have overcome. I just don't think it was going to happen, and uh, you know the Chiefs got a lucky break. Jalen fumbled, but Jalen yeah. Jalen played his butt off that game. He played great. He definitely deserved. If there was anybody who deserved the MVP, it was Jalen Hurts. Or the last play of the game when Jalen Hurts threw the ball and every receiver is 20 yards down the field mm-hmm. and the ball just drops. Like, where did his arm go? Well, like, what do you mean, his deep ball? Yeah, the deep ball is gone. You do know he had that shoulder injury. 
Yeah, I know about that. I don't. Th- I think that actually affected his. Like it, not for the, that specific, but that was that deep ball to throw it that far is a lot more different than where he was throwing it. That was the only play they had to try to win the game, though. It really was. I tell you, they could have won the game if Quez Watkins would have caught that deep ball. Jalen Hurts threw that ball off his back foot to Quez Watkins and went right through Watkins' hands. Yeah. And, I mean, overall, my own opinion. Before I let you know, before you can tell your own opinion about it, but uh. The defense, that second, that second overall defense in the NFL, played awful in the second half. They were a no show. They didn't show. Them. I mean, where, where was where was Fletcher Cox? They went, was, they went into the locker room at halftime. It's like they didn't even come back out. They had seventy plus sacks on the season, which is like fourth all time. They were doing great. They held people to twenty points per game the entire season. And here's where I'm not going to say experience, but. When you play good teams, this is what happens when you play bad teams. So, for example, the Eagles had the easiest schedule in football this year. Hands down. And I'm not I'm not dissing the Cowboys, but the Cowboys' offense wasn't like Kansas City's offense. No, they just weren't. They weren't similar. For Kansas City to come in there, they just they were so efficient on the offense side of the ball. Like defensively, they were terrible. They they were efficient, and this. The lack of knowledge for this defense about the efficient offense like that, it, it just killed them. Like, if they would have played the 49ers straight up, but the 49ers healthy, then I think the Eagles would have definitely won this game. Because, and they would have won it big time because, well, they played a really efficient offense. See, they didn't play an offense in the NFC Championship game. They didn't have to. They had to play anybody. They played Christian McCaffrey as their quarterback. I mean. So, hate to break it to everybody. Whether it was Patrick Mahomes or possibly Joe Burrow, I think either one of them possibly could have won that. Because Joe Burrow, I think, could have done it too. I think Joe Burrow could have pulled it off just because that offense is just as effective in the biggest moments. Now, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, but at the end of the day, to let Patrick Mahomes kind of do what he wants and control the pace for a defense to let that happen like that, it is just absurd to me. I actually expected more out of the Eagles defense than what we got in the second half. They were they they were just they were not effective. And this is what happens when you know hype up somebody so much. Everybody in the world picked the Eagles against the Chiefs. Everybody. Mostly everybody picked them against except for Chiefs fans, everybody's picking the Eagles. Like I said, they're on the 22-man roster on the field. And I guess we can include the coaching staff, too. They were better in every position except for four, and that was just... Andy Reid. Eric Bieniemy, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. And that was it. I said those four guys could make the difference in that game. And, and they, they did. did. Kelsey did what he wanted. Patrick Mahomes, he didn't play the greatest game. But yet again, remember, he was off... 23 minutes in the first half, he didn't play. Like the Eagles had possession 23 minutes because they had that long drive. They fumbled the football, and then they got to go again. Yeah. So Patrick Mahomes wasn't on. And when he did come on, he hurt his ankle, which I thought at that point it's probably over. I like, thought it was Mah- over. Mahomes, looked, he looked in pain. He didn't look like he was going to get back up. For him to get back up and also run like run that big play at the end of the game where he ran right down the field. I mean, he ran straight down the field. 
I just don't think they expected Mahomes to be so mobile in that game. But that's that's greatness at the end of the day. That's just him putting on a clinic. Will Jalen Hurts be back? Yeah. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles will be back. Did you see that? Um, did you see uh, the other night on Twitter on Twitter that Juju Smith-Schuster Valentine's Day thing? No. So Juju gets on Twitter, right? It's Valentine's Day. He takes a pink background with hearts, and I'll show you real quick. But he uh, he puts AJ Brown's face on this thing, and AJ Brown is bald, and so. Juju Smith-Schuster says, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. It gets like 68 million people see this. That's epic. So he does that. And A.J. Brown, like, goes off. So A.J. Brown, if you guys didn't see it, uh, go on Twitter and type in Juju Smith-Schuster and just scroll down his page. You'll see it. A.J. Brown retweets it and says, first off, congratulations. Y'all deserve it. This is lame. You was on the way out of the league before Mahomes resurrected your career on your one-year deal, TikTok boy, he admitted that he grabbed you, but don't act like you're like that or ever was, but congratulations again. So this goes back and forth and back and forth, and Juju Schuster retweets that again and says, glad you were finally get all that off your chest after all these years. Good game, bro. And then, so this goes on for a couple hours because then CJ Gardner-Johnson gets involved. This is T.J. Garner Johnson is the Eagles corner. And he said, Juju ran from me when I checked him in the game. Then 10 got then ten got his smoke. And Juju says, yeah, I went to the sideline to call him. He also says, big cap. Also, I told you in the game to stop all that talking because we were going to come back and win that game. That helped me decide which ring grass you need to get this sized. So all this is going on, and, you know, people – all over the world are like kind of blowing up all these different social media pages, right? They're all blowing up. They're all, you know, commenting this. The best part in my true belief about this whole thing was Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill gets involved. So Tyreek Hill tweets this. He tweets two laughy faces and goes, yo, at Darius Slay, at James Bradbury. That's funny. <laughs> and so Darius Slay tweets on it. It goes, week AF. It's all good, though. They won. And Tyreek Hill goes, front runner. <laughs> and, I mean, Tyreek Hill is like, um, he keeps retweeting all this stuff. He's like, retweets AJ Brown's thing, big AJ. Retweets Juju Smith-Schuster thing. Man played victim. LOL, I'm logging off. <laughs> like, like, Juju like Tyreek Hill is just, is just stirring the pot for this. And oh, it, definitely. I, I mean, it was... Dude, it was clin- it was a clinic. Like and like Mahomes is Mahomes tweeted about it. Man must just be bored. Like it it was going all over Twitter. These dudes were all and what I thought was great was, you know, it it was just about AJ Brown, right? AJ Brown Juju. And then here comes CJ Gardner out of nowhere. And then Tyreek Hill had the audacity to tweet at Darius Slay and at James Bradbury. <laughs> and I mean, it's like Dude, they just won two days ago. Like, <laughs> like you, we're really getting into... We're, and so you heard about uh, opening night, right? The thing about putting the Chiefs and the Eagles back on opening night. Yeah, I've seen that. Like, Do you think it's going to happen? Well, if they... I mean, if, if they keep up this beef, it definitely would happen. But I think the worst mistake would be is for the Chiefs to keep Juju Smith-Schuster. He's awful. So then there was another... 
I think it was like a day later. It was the next day. The a Steelers page comments about um, Juju Smith-Schuster, and they said, "Once a Steeler, always a Steeler." So my problem is with this entire post is Juju was good like one year in Pittsburgh. Then he became like the TikTok king or whatever. Him and Claypool for that. Deontay took his spot. Deontay was Deontay's that guy who really doesn't talk to the media. He just kind of shuts up and just plays. He took Juju's spot. The one thing I never wanted to say was AB. AB got on a uh, podcast and he said, Juju is not all that. Like, Juju, he said a lot worse than that, but Juju is like terrible. You guys just seeing uh, Juju be good because everybody's paying attention to me. Did you say Juju be good? Yeah. yeah I mean, that's what AB said. AB was like, You all thinking Juju's good because I'm taking all the attention. It's, it's kind of like um, what we kind of thought about Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. Like, Amari was taking all that attention, and CD was just the guy that was open. But yeah. CD's proven himself a lot more than that, yeah, which yeah. Juju Smith-Schuster never did. Everybody knows they would take, I hate to say it, would take George Pickens or Deontay Johnson over Juju Smith-Schuster any day of the week. I don't know. I, I thought that was funny, and I thought that was crazy, and I don't, I don't think he'll stay around. I really don't. I think that's over with. I think Juju got his ring. He'll go play somewhere else because he didn't even get the, uh, the guarantees next year did he not no he didn't get his incentives because he was number one he was hurt like he didn't he didn't do the requirements yeah. to remain so i mean does it benefit kansas city bringing him back i don't think so not with Kadarius tony there not with mccall hardman gonna stay around no like what are you gonna do pay juju a bigger contract just to stay when yes he did make like seven catches in the super bowl 53 yards that was the most catches, most receiving yards he's made in six games. Yeah. Like, he was awful. I just wasn't impressed by him this year. Who knows where his career is going to end up? And same thing with Claypool. He's a complete disaster in Chicago. Dude, I only saw him on the field twice. <laughs> we traded him for Pittsburgh. He's yeah. supposed to be the best target for Justin Fields. And Justin Fields never th- Justin Fields really never targeted him. I think he targeted him, like, twice. It's the one I ever saw. And how many receptions were those? Dude, Justin Fields don't throw the ball very much, let alone. So, True. I mean, you're getting Claypool, and they, they're like, oh, we should trade for T. Higgins. Yeah, that's smart. Let's get let's trade for T. Higgins when Justin Fields not throwing the ball really at all. Yeah, T. Higgins ain't going to give you that. If I was T. Higgins, I wouldn't play. If I got traded to Chicago, I wouldn't play. Yeah. I would, I'd just sit. First of all, T. Higgins hates the cold weather. So, he's not going to like Chicago at all. So, that's not going to work out. And they don't have a dome. Like you saw, did you see Justin Fields talking about he wants a dome? He's like, I don't care if we play in Soldier Field, we play somewhere else. I just want a dome. Like, I hate to say it, and I know you want a dome, but you can't really say that around Bears fans. No. I mean, the like, Soldier Field is like like legendary. It's that's like calling a Packers fan, we're going to have a roof over this thing and put 75 degree heat in here. They're going to flip out. Yeah, that's like, that's like going like Aaron Rodgers – at Lambeau saying, you know, we need to move to a different stadium. <laughs> like, how's that going to work out for you? The fans have been there for so long. Like, Your fan base is going to have a conniption fit. I mean, they're going to bring out pitchforks and a fire and come after you. I mean, I saw they're going to – they're obviously going to renovate Soldier Field. Like, they're going to do – they're doing like a $5 billion investment on this. Yeah, I've seen that. And then they're also going to redo Buffalo too. Like it, I think that, – yeah, that's like a $5 billion investment. But in all honesty, Buffalo kind of does need a dome. 
I yeah. mean, that one game, it dumped, what, five foot of snow and overnight? Well, the owner said that this is never going to happen again. I mean, they had to go to Detroit and play the game. So they go to Detroit to play that game, right? I think that was against Cleveland. Yeah, they played against Cleveland. They played the Browns. Yeah. And I was kind of like, I was like, okay, so you can't play in Buffalo. You're going to go to Detroit? Why not go play? I mean, they're saying it's a neutral site. Go play in Cleveland. I know that's a home game for Cleveland, but who said Cleveland was going to win that game? I mean, nobody, everybody knew in their brother they weren't going to win that game. Yeah. So they go play in Detroit, and then they have to go to Detroit the next week and play them again. And they almost lost on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Day. They almost blew that game, so that uh, that just didn't work out for them very well. Well, I guess we'll jump into a uh, the favorite topic of the day, the West Virginia Mountaineers. Man, what a season. They, haven't they haven't they just played great? I mean, hasn't it been the most interesting we have seen? Listen, we play at noon today. We're playing Texas Tech. Coming off a 67-69 loss to Baylor. And, and a 34-point loss to Texas. <laughs> I wasn't even going to bring that up, man. It, that, <laughs> well, we can't, we got to bring it up. We talked about it last week. That's horrible. That's absolutely horrible. Well, we talked about it last week. I know. We both said that, you know, we think West Virginia could have a chance to win this game. And, of course, Bob Huggins coming out. And I know people say, well, he can't play. But, man, you can't come out before the game and say, we're going to be better than we did, you know, better than last time we played Texas. And then, you know, you lose eight points last time and lose 34 the next round. I mean. <laughs> I mean, you didn't drop the ball in that game whenever you made that comment. I mean, you you dropped it and you kicked it out of the park whenever you made a comment like that and then lose the way you do. Talk about drop back sixty and punt. I mean that was how it was done with. Yeah, I mean it's wild. Like Eric Stevenson was a no show in the Texas game. I think he had three points. Like the highest scoring player was Emmett Matthews Jr. And Stevenson had his one of seven from uh, field for field goals, one of one from three, and he was had three points. Like Emmett Matthews had thirteen points, and that was the highest. The second highest was Harris. Off the bench, who had eight points. And then Texas, Allen had 14, and Carr had 16. Rice off the bench had 24. Like, I will say something about the Mountaineers this year. The free throw game, they're actually making them. Like, I'm used to watching a 33 to 50%, and they're actually making free throws this year. They really are. West Virginia has five games left. After well, four games after today, when you be here in this podcast, the game will most likely be over or uh, into halftime. But they play Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, and they play Kansas at Kansas. Then they play at Iowa State, and then they play at home for the last game on the fourth against Kansas State. They're gonna lose three games. I'm predicting they'll win two out of five. I think they can beat Kansas State. I think they'll lose to Kansas for sure. Oh, hands down. They're going to lose to Iowa State because they beat Iowa State last time. So they're going to Iowa State's house. They're going to lose to Iowa State. And they're going to beat Texas Tech and they'll lose to Oklahoma State. That's my prediction. And we'll end the season off with a so in two games, 17 and 14 record, and 17 and 15 record. Which Must I guess is a football record right there for us. <laughs> I mean, not much better than the football team, but so then they'll they'll make March Madness. 
I think they've already made March Madness. What is the require? There's a certain amount of games you got to win to make March Madness, and I'm pretty sure they're going to hit the requirement. I'm a Mountaineer fan through and through, Cam. But when you watch football, and then you're like, all right, we suck again this year. And you get excited for basketball season, and it's the same story, different song. <laughs> Every year. Oh, man. And you, like I was saying uh, a couple weeks back, it's to me it's different uh, Different recruiting in basketball and football. I think you definitely can compete in the Big 12 with ACC-level players. I just – I believe that's true. I believe Huggins' recruiting players could compete. But then at the same time, are we, are we recruiting dudes for longevity or are we recruiting dudes who are superstars, who are talented? Are we are we trying to put a like a good group of five together? I mean, I know they call it a team oriented game, and you know it should be a team oriented game. But if we don't have somebody who can actually do something, who's a little bit more consistent, I mean, I don't know what to tell them. That's exactly. We need two consistent players. Well, we had one of them, Chee Boy. I don't care what people say. Yeah. That dude's kind of con- that dude's consistent. He is. I mean, Jordan McCabe was, Jordan McCabe wasn't great, but I mean, he was great in high school. But he was a great offensive talent. And then he just comes to West Virginia, and they play defense, and that went wrong. That one, that went wrong fast. Right now in the bracket, they've got us out of the sixty-eight teams. They've got us at thirty-six. So behind Pitt. Behind Pitt. Yeah, Pitt's 35. So I'm going to read this off to you, all right? I just want to see your opinion. So Sheboy started his career in 19 and 20, right? He was averaging 11.2 points per game, 9.3 rebounds, one block, and a .4 assist. Was 70% from the free throw line on 55% shooting. Then he plays only 10 games with the Mountaineers, 2020. 2021 averages 8.5 points per game on 7.8 rebounds with 19 on 19 minutes with 52 percent of the field. Then he goes to Kentucky, averages 17.4 points per game on 15 rebounds, 69 percent from the free throw line on 60 percent shooting. This year, more it's a down season again, uh, 15.8 points. With 13.3 rebounds. Better free throw, 70.5 and 55% shoot. Overall, regardless, his best year at the Mountaineers, he's getting way more points in Kentucky. On a down year at Kentucky, with a good year at the Mountaineers, he's getting way more points. He's getting he went from nine and seven rebounds per game to 13 and 15. I, I the offense for West Virginia is just terrible. People are like Bring back the press. Bring back the press. I get it. The press helped, you know, kept the games closer. Clearly, that's not working because Bob's not using it. So and whenever you don't want offense, why Bob, are you going to push the defense so much? If Bob's, if Bob's not really interested in the press, there's a reason he's not doing the press. Yeah, you're right about that. There's something. There's some reason behind it. it it's because it doesn't work. It just doesn't work anymore. Maybe that's, maybe that's my own opinion. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but. It just maybe it'll work. I mean, I don't know what I don't know what to tell them. 
Here's okay. a list. All right. From Saturday, February, or Sunday, February 12th. In the top 21, the Big 12 has six teams for March Madness. Six teams? Six teams. Texas, Kansas, Baylor, Iowa State, TCU. That's the Kansas State. We're ninth in the Big 12. We're ahead of Oklahoma and Texas Tech, I think, aren't we? We're four and nine. I know that for sure. We're definitely yeah. we're definitely four and nine. That's not impressive. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean the that's that's pretty bad. And for the Mountaineers, it's been what, two rough seasons now? Two, three maybe? Three rough seasons? Yeah, three. So three rough seasons of football and basketball. I mean, what else can we say? It's just it's not a very good time to be a Mountaineer fan right now. Their games are hard to watch. I don't know which is harder to watch, is it basketball or football, in your opinion? I mean, I guess football, we score some points, but I don't, I, I can't get any enjoyment out of the basketball team. Can't get any enjoyment out of the football team. I still don't see the reason we have both coaches, in my own opinion. Uh, if, I agree if, with if, that. It's, if it's not working after three or four years, and I know Huggins has been around for a long time, but if it ain't, if it's not working anymore, it's time to move on. Yeah. For Huggins' case, I know everybody praises him and they love him. I mean, I guess because he's won so many games in his career and he's been around for so long and only been to you know Cincinnati and West Virginia as head coach and he played at West Virginia. I get the I get the love, but at the end of the day, you're gonna have to change sometime. I don't want to be mean about this, but uh, I don't know if he's really interested in coaching anymore. I know that. I mean, I know that it's hard to say because. A lot of coaches want to coach, but I think he's just in a in a place right now where it's not fun to coach basketball. He can't coach his style of play anymore. It just doesn't work. Now, I'm even in the football situation, too. I kind of don't really want to talk about it because Neil Brown is terrible, and I'm still trying to figure out why the athletic director thinks this is a good idea. All right. Everybody's worried about getting rid of Neil Brown and then having another losing season. Well, we've been having less than par – Seasons since Neil Brown's been there. Look at TCU. They brought in Sonny Dykes. First season. National Championship. I'm not going to say the Mountaineers get a new coach. We're going to win the National Championship. But well, what were the odds against Sonny Dykes going to the National Championship this year? Oh, it was a lot. Oh, exactly. Like zero to like zero to one. Like zero to like a million. But here's the difference. The TCU was recruiting Big 12 players. Dude, we've completely don't we don't recruit big twelve players at all anymore. So that's going to take two to three years to fix that. You're problem. right. That's going to take you're going to take two to three years to re recruit big twelve players. I think the new athletic director is going to do some changes. I think it'll definitely make some changes. But how long is it going to take people to realize that Neil Brown's not very good at this? That he can't coach in the Big Twelve. He coached somewhere else probably, but he ain't coaching the Big Twelve. I mean, Troy's not going to take him back. Everybody said, we can go back to Troy. No, Troy's successful. They're doing fine. His offense and defense work in the ACC, so you got to score like you know, 30, 40 points is going to be the max. In the Big 12, you're scoring 60 points, so you better get ready. I mean, yeah. that's just how it's going to be. You're going to score 60 points, which is absolutely absurd. Like, I know I made the statement a couple years ago that nobody in the Big 12 would ever win. 
I still think if John Harbaugh didn't pull the Philly special in the Michigan game, they're probably winning that football game. I agree. But and Michigan got screwed on a on a touchdown call, in my own opinion. Either or, that's a that's you know it's over. It is what it is. But you could clearly see the talent level difference between Georgia and TCU. Oh, hands down. And TCU had the better offense, and they scored more points. There was just a talent level. The defensive players, and mind you, the Big 12 players are are recruited for speed. They're, they are really recruited around speed. Oh, yeah. The, the SEC defensive players at Georgia were faster than everybody at TCU. There was nobody faster than them. Dude, you watch the game, and these dudes, you know, the Big 12 players be running, and, I mean, it's just Georgia's, Georgia's athletic ability was just it was insane. Like, you just see how well the Big 10 and the SEC – get it i mean how good of players these guys are yeah they're just they're so good it's it's crazy and that's why that's why players go there because they get drafted i mean those are the scouts are looking at those teams you're looking at those really really good football teams for the basketball team like i said recruiting i think is a little bit different i think it's easier to recruit basketball players because there's a lot of them and ACC players, in my opinion, probably could play Big 12 style. What is that? Oh, my Lord. That was loud. But uh, in football, um, ACC players can't play Big 12 style. It doesn't work that way. No, not at all. Nobody's scoring 60 points in a, in a football game. That's absolutely absurd. It's like basketball numbers. I, I don't know why we score that high, but we do. I wish West Virginia would get out of the eight, uh, Big 12, but it is what it is. I'd love to be in the ACC. I would. I'd love to be back playing Virginia Tech, Miami, Clemson, Pitt, Syracuse. Or uh, old, I mean, it, it's a revamp of the Big East. Yeah. I and mean, I would love to see that again. The games are closer to home. And it, it doesn't matter where the Mountaineers play. I don't care where you play. There's blue and gold in the stands, and there's a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, only time will tell on that. It's been a real different show today. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, you know, we I generally talk about a certain topic or we go through a list of segments and stuff we're going to talk about. But for this show specifically, this is a new show. This will be every Saturday. We will have this posted. It's going to be fun. To post the show, it's going to be interesting. We generally this show is just going to be us talking about different sports and topics, and you know, just have our own little conversation and have you guys join in on with us on this conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, Matt. Thanks for coming on, man. We'll, Always, you know, everybody, welcome Matt to this show and welcome him to the podcast because he's going to be on here a lot. So. We'll definitely see you guys later, and we'll see you guys next week.